From realghoststoriesonline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. It's group therapy for the paranormally affected. Phone number to call in is 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. 855-853-4802. Of course, you can always write into us as well. Through the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. That's where you can do that. Of course, please subscribe, whatever platform it is you're using to listen to us on. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio. Press subscribe so you don't miss any episodes of our show. And that helps us out quite a bit as well as far as uh, ranking up there well so other folks can find the show and we can in turn bring a better show to you with more spooky stories real ghost stories for you every single episode every single day here at real ghost stories online and uh, if you enjoy the show if you've been listening for a while you can uh, up it up a little bit and uh, get an extra episode of the show sent to you every single week it's uh, essentially like a VIP program. We call it our EPPs. That's the Extra Podcast People. And you can be one of them. Just go to realghoststoriesonline.com, click Become an EPP, and your $5 donation goes to uh, help support the show financially so we can continue to give you the show for free. Uh, all those episodes every single week, because without that support, we could not do that. Um, and we'll give you a little thank you, an extra episode of the show every single week exclusively for our EPPs and some other extras along the way as well. It's only 5 bucks, or you can do 10 or you can do 15 It's really up to you. Everybody gets the same thing. It's just a matter of what you feel the show is worth to you and what you can afford to do. On the last episode of our EPP podcast, got a letter from a, a gentleman uh, who was going cross-country on a bike ride. Ended up, both bikers, seeing the apparition of a man... Uh, essentially hanging from a tree yeah, near an abandoned shack. And they're just out there kind of having a relaxing time. And all of a sudden they turn around and there's this guy. They thought it, they thought it was real at first. Then he disappeared and they took off and forgot something back there. Had to go back and get something. Anyway, find out how that all turned out. It was a great story uh, on bonus episode number two. And uh, when you become an EPP, you get the backlog of uh, these uh, EPP bonus episodes. If you sign up right now, you'll be uh, getting uh, bonus episode number three. That's about to be released over the weekend. And you'll also get links to bonus episode number two and one with that story I just referenced in there. So uh, right off the bat there, if you're not an EPP yet, you sign up right now. The next email, you're going to get three bonus episodes immediately. So... Please do think about doing that. You can uh, sign up, like I said, through the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. On today's show, all sorts of good stuff. Some letters, uh, some calls, some follow-up, as we always do. we got a really good uh, ghost photograph here that I just posted up uh, in the gallery at Real Ghost Stories Online. The letter attached to it says, Hi, Tony. First of all, love the show. It's fantastic. Please, would you and your wife take a look at this photo that I took a few years ago and give me your opinions, please. It was taken in a haunted woods in North Wales, uh, woods that is supposedly haunted by an old lady. Me and a friend went into the woods one night to investigate, and as we were leaving, I felt like somebody was behind me, so I turned around and took this picture. Seconds after tanking it, a strong, icy blast of wind passed us both, which was strange because it was a still and warm night. This made us feel quite uneasy, and we left the woods. Please, uh, could you put this pick up in your website or Facebook page for uh, all the other listeners to comment on? Thank you very much once again. So is fantastic, uh, Jamie Fletcher. So here's the picture if you want to take a look at it. And if you guys want to see it, it's up in the gallery section at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, so you can see it for yourself. It's uh, I believe it's labeled it like Jamie Fletcher's photo, something of that nature. It's it's in the woods, and there's it's a it's like a misty apparition almost that looks like it's trying to appear to to them. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it it it's one of those that you look at and go, yeah, probably not photoshopped. Uh, no, because it it looks very if and if it was, it's a damn good Photoshop, but. Uh, Usually you can kind of spot those. This one looks like the real deal. Um, creepy, creepy photo. Check it out uh, in the uh, the photo section at realghoststoriesonline.com. I think it's it's legit. I think you got something on your camera. I think it looks like there's something that's trying to take a form and show itself to you. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think you probably would have said that if it, if it ever did materialize. But... Um, I'm curious. I mean, I, I know it was dark, so this is a photo taken with flash, you can tell. So, 
I'm just wondering, had it been a little bit lighter, if they would have been able to see this forming? I mean, being in the dark without a flashlight going, I can imagine it'd be very hard to see this without that, you know, with that two, you know, split second of a flash out there. Sure. If, if she saw it physically with her own eyes or if it only showed up on the film. To me, the part on the right side mm-hmm. looks like the head and shoulder area with, you can almost see what looks like an eye. Kind of. You know, you know what it looks like? It kind of looks like the beginning of Ghostbusters where the ghost forms into the <laughs> the the circle sign, you know, where the, the X. You know I'm talking about? The Ghostbusters logo? Oh, I wish I had seen that movie as many times as you, and then I would know exactly what you're talking about. You know the Ghostbusters logo, right? Yeah, I know the okay. Ghostbusters well, logo. Well, at the beginning of it, uh, there's the, uh, the, the mist that forms on the side of the screen. It all comes together, and it's, it forms the ghost that's in the logo. Okay. And this is what the kind of that mist looks like as it's... Okay. So give it two more seconds. It'll form the Ghostbusters logo. Alrighty then. In the middle of a haunted forest in Wales. Yes, right there. And all of a sudden the music kicks in and then there's nothing to worry about because they're there to save the day. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Okay. But uh, good photo. Thank you for uh, for writing in and sharing. Any other thoughts on the photo? No, I just think it's neat. It does look like one that I've seen before that one of our listeners sent to yeah. us. Oh, it's a good one. Uh, David Barnes writes in, I agree with Michael's post. I uh, see you guys as a household name. Or I'm already listening to uh, you first, then going to Coast to Coast. I believe uh, since uh, Coast to Coast is so huge, listeners like me search for other paranormal talk radio. It's exactly how I found you, searching for more paranormal stuff. Then you took place over my Coast to Coast in my heart as numero uno. Thank you, David. Oh, that's sweet. Then you played my little demo I wrote for you. This is the guy who wrote us that song. Yes. Uh, and that was uh, the kindest and most wonderful thing you could have done uh, for me. Again, thank you. The full version is on the way, which we're excited about. That'll we be cool. are. That's awesome. He says, excuse the shoddy recording. I'm just pressing record on my phone and uh, playing away. That's fine. Don't worry. Uh, thank you again uh, for not just uh, what you've done for me, but uh, for what you've done for uh, everyone in the community. I speak for all of us uh, and I say yeah, we love you too. So thank you David very much for those kind words. Um, for, for being a show that we did uh, kind of model after the ghost to ghost, you know, episode the old school ones, uh-huh. talking the old Art Bell days. Um, that's a big compliment to, uh, to have folks who also were fans of that version of that show back then. Uh, I have to say that because the show is so different now. Um, that's a big compliment to uh, have folks that really enjoy this uh, this show. Um, you know, for, for being that. So thank you. Yeah, yes. Thank you very much. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call with your real ghost stories. We would absolutely love to hear them. And of course you can always write in. We got that forum section up on the website uh, as well. If you've uh, not uh, started participating in that, lots of folks on there all throughout the day. It's one of those things. I will warn you though, you start uh, going in on that and you, you post something or you follow up on something. You end up checking it like 30 more times throughout the day to see if anybody else has uh, you know, followed up or what their thoughts are on something. But it's really cool. It is. It's yeah. a great way to get thoughts out there on something, you know, on on topic of the paranormal from our community uh, who is on there. Lots of really good folks. I've, I've seen nobody being trollish on there. So that's, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, anyway, check that out on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Let's go to a call. Hi. Hi, Tony and Ginny. This is Rico calling again. Uh, thank you for playing my uh, call. Um, as far as the, I called about the uh, Indian boy in Parker County, and uh, I'm still trying to locate that video. I'm going to see if I can send it to y'all. Um, I have another story to tell. It's in the same area where my parents live. Um, when I was uh, 18, I started working at a movie theater, and I was coming home really late one night, and um, I had a person that I went to school with, his name is Michael. Uh, he lived uh, a house down from me. Um, it was a Thursday night. There was a bunch of cars in the front yard parked outside. And I wondered to myself, why is he having a party on the Thursday night when he has school tomorrow? I was a few years older than him, and I had already graduated. Well, the next morning, I get up, and for some reason I couldn't I was I was just wondering about Michael and his party that he was throwing, and he crossed my mind. For some reason, I could hear his. I heard. I thought about his voice. I didn't actually hear it. 
and I, I heard it. I could hear his voice in my mind say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm going to be all right." I didn't understand what that was. So, as I was getting ready for the day to take a shower, uh, there was a window that I could look out of in the bathroom, and this house was down the way. For some reason, I just kept wondering what that was all about. How it was just strange for me to just randomly think about him when I haven't talked to him in a few years and uh, after I got out of the shower um, I get a call on the landline at my parents house it was my friend Robert uh, the one that I was telling y'all about in the last uh, call he he called me and he had been trying to get a hold of me and basically he, he was calling to tell me uh, about Michael had killed himself in front of his mother and his girlfriend because his girlfriend was breaking up with him and uh that really kind of just really messed with my mind a little bit and uh i couldn't believe it and uh, that explained like why all the cars are parked there they're there comforting his mother and uh, ex-girlfriend well to this day this that happened back in 2001 and to this day they have his window uh, you can sit when you drive down the street and get up to this you can see this where his broom is still decorated as it was when he was still alive you, you can see like baseball stuff on the walls and just teenage decoration in his bedroom um, and I people say that they've driven down there at that same hour when it happened which is really late at night and sometimes people say that they could see like what looks like a shadowy figure like in his window and every time I drive down that road I had to just to get to my parents house and I try not to look in there but they keep the light on all the time and everything my girlfriend claims that she had seen things in there too which is really strange but uh thanks again uh oh and I also called about the lady sweeping the floor I will call back again and explain about that. It was uh, has to do with my grandmother uh, talking to different spirits, but I'll say that for another time. Thank you all again, and uh, you all have a good day. Thank you for the call. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed your first story, or first stories very much, and I'm very sorry about this one, but... Uh, I think it was probably one of those cases where they kind of say the final goodbye. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds like very much like that. They just, he appeared, you know, or, or a sound appeared to him. Right. You know, at the exact right time. Um, you know, he almost like the, the friend realized, you know, what had happened on the other side and, oh, shit, I should probably tell someone I'm okay. You know, right. I, think, I think there's a lot of confusion at that exact moment for people. You yeah, know, you know, once they pass over, whether it's a case like this where it was done consciously and it wasn't an, uh, a sudden thing to them because they knew what they were doing. Um, and in the cases where it is a sudden thing, um, if you're suddenly gone and you're still conscious, but you know you're gone. I think there's a lot of, OK, I got to let somebody know or try and communicate with somebody because I think you're not it would be very confusing, I think. Not yeah. knowing if, if you're really gone because you're still conscious or then I think it kind of sets in once you realize people can't see you or hear you. Sure. Um, or, or very limited, you know, hearing. That'd just be a very, very confusing state to be in. Um, thank you for the call. Thank you for the story. We really, really do appreciate that. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Here's a letter we got. Uh, it says, I live in a house which has been around since the Tudor area, at least first recorded in 1565 and located uh, in uh, the northwest area of London, England. It still has its original exposed beams through parts of it where uh, extended uh, during the uh, Victorian times. It's a beautiful old yet modern home. October 2013, Britain was struck by a trio of mini hurricanes. I was in the house and my own husband and child were away in the States. I woke during one of them with the wind howling and rain lashing. And by chance, 
I had on Coast to Coast AM on my iPad, and Amityville was the subject. I was awake for a bit when I noticed uh, across from where I laid in my bed on one of the beams an orange pinwheel-like cross with a slight uh, mark on it, like a rippling of water with flames seemed to appear. It was only a foot in diameter, and I presumed it was the orange glow from the streetlight outside, so I went on to Facebook and thought if I look up, I'll still be there if it's a streetlight, and if I look up and it's gone, well, I spent a good ten minutes nosing around on Facebook when I looked up and it was no longer there. I actually thought a specter has made the effort to show itself, and I'm playing on the evidence. I stayed up for about an hour more, staring at the wall, trying to figure out an explanation, wishing I hadn't been such a coward, and then looked up and saw a three-legged Mercedes-shaped abnormality, which also had an orange uh, underlaying color to it. I was able to watch it for a few seconds, and then it came towards me. It became more white in color, went to flat, rhombus shape, uh, like the bad guy saying Superman, it flew across the room towards me and went into the wardrobe to my left or possibly out the door. And the room, which I had not noticed before, had an ambient light that disappeared, and the room went dark. A couple of mornings later, an alarm was set for 6 a.m. I was just rising before the alarm when I heard what sounded like a pair of hands going clap, clap. I opened my eyes, and there it went again, clap, clap. At that time, I decided to get up and get ready for work. My college at work a few months later, my husband was staying up, thought the night watch England versus Australia in the Ashes Cricket Series. I'd woke up at about 2 a.m. and noticed through the hall window police lights and so on. Someone's van had caught fire. And it was the emergency services. So basically, I was curtain twitching, which means being noisy. You're nosy. I uh, went downstairs, told my husband what was going on, had a glass of water, went back to bed. I lay there for just a few minutes and heard my husband come up the stairs. The very creak of definite footsteps. Then I felt him lay down and settle for a moment. He shot up as we both heard footsteps on the landing. I remained lying still going through my checklist of what it could be. I then raised up, ready to investigate, and Stephen said to me, Did you hear that? I said, Yes. And he was downstairs with a cricket bat and all the lights on before you could say boo. I checked if our son was asleep. The puppy was even still curled up outside our door. Fighting downstairs was all clear. We settled back down. He said, That was weird. I responded, I never told you what happened in October. He said, tell me in the morning. The interesting thing is, he doesn't hesitate to tell the story. Spiritual healer, our most recent incident, that was last night. My son was asleep. My husband was upstairs in the bedroom watching telly. I was getting myself ready for a casting the following day. I happened to be in the kitchen with the dog when I suddenly heard what sounded like a small child either running across the wooden floor, kicking their feet and a tantrum coupled with several steps on the stairs. I flew out of the kitchen and stared at the stairs wondering why I couldn't see him and why Charles, my son, was making such a racket when he was asleep moments before. I then dashed up the stairs expecting to find Stephen retreating back to the bedroom only to find him already in bed watching Netflix. My eyes as big as saucers. I asked him how long he'd been in bed. He said 30 minutes. So you've been in bed for the last 60 seconds? He said, yeah. Did you hear the footsteps and the banging? Well, he had heard the footsteps and wondered why it had taken me so long to get up the stairs. We both just said, all right, that's fine. There you go. I would imagine with a home that old... There could be a number of spirits there, obviously. Yeah, uh, I would think, you know, when you have something that that is that old, you, you probably, I don't know if you can be ghost-free. 
No, I doubt at it. At a certain point. It's interesting at the beginning, it sounds like she actually was seeing orbs. Uh-huh. You know, like actual, you know, the type you pick up on film normally, but uh, but obviously manifesting themselves strong enough to be seen, you know, with, with you know, your eyes. Right. Which is very interesting. A good story. Uh, a good creepy story. So you pretty much have to build new over there, don't you? If you want uh, to have a house that's not going to be haunted. Even that doesn't guarantee it. Because <laughs> of all the, the what's gone on on the land. and Well, you got to yeah. think about it. I mean, the size Britain is really, and like compared to America. Is there a lot of new construction that goes small. on? I don't know. Or is there like limited space for such? I think there's fairly yeah. limited space. Interesting. Oh, that was a great story. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jen. My name is Michelle. I live in Mississippi. I wanted to tell you a story that happened to my neighbor. Um, I know at one point you guys discussed if ghosts attached themselves to things. She uh, lived in a new home. Our neighborhood is new, but she liked to buy antiques. And at one point she bought a dining room table and chairs and it's, it was a very heavy dark walnut uh, wood and she believed it was from the 1800s and she had bought it on eBay from somebody on the east coast and so finally it got to her house she would had it for a little while and um, things started happening she initially thought she kept for some reason thinking the name Sarah Elizabeth and she didn't know why. And at one point, her cleaning lady was in the dining room cleaning and turned around and there was a lady standing there and she looked so real that she thought that my friend had company and didn't tell her, apologize. She said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that Cheryl had company. And then she disappeared. Um, at that point, her cleaning lady ran screaming out of the house into the garage where my friend Cheryl was told her what happened they went back into the house and while they were standing there and she was explaining what happened she had left the bottle of pledge on the table and it flew across the table this was firsthand from my friend um when she told me this i said uh you know you can imagine the energy that attaches to something like a, a table and chairs especially from one uh from the 1800s because at that time that was where family life was centered there was no internet there was no tv radio and nothing so i can imagine that a woman would be attached to this i said you just need to talk to her and tell her that she's welcome to stay but you know not to appear and my friend cheryl has children so she did this and she never appeared um she did appear she never appeared to the children she did appear a few times to cheryl and another friend of her of hers but she was always close to the table when she appeared so um, she was a malevolent, benevolent <laughs> ghost, um, and that. So we called her Sarah Elizabeth, and uh, for a long time I kept this secret from my stepdaughters um, because they were at an age. But uh, the last time they were visiting us, I told them the story, and my oldest stepdaughter, whose name is Sarah Elizabeth, freaked out about it. I didn't tell her the name. My neighbor did that later on, and. Um, my Sarah Elizabeth was totally freaked out. I uh, explained to her that she needn't be, that this lady seemed like a nice ghost, and that if she was going to appreciate I don't think she had any reason to appear to us. So just wanted to tell you that. I don't have any really first-hand ghost stories, but I do have a lot of freaky stories, so I may call back later with some of those. I love your show. Happy that you're in Kansas. I'm from Kansas, too, originally, so happy to hear from some fe fellow Kansas people, even though you're transplants. That's okay. Thanks. Love your show. Bye. Thanks for your call, and always feel free to call in with any creepy stories. We don't care if they're firsthand or not. We'll all listen to them. So it's interesting when the ghost actually knows a name. Yeah, that is kind of strange. Okay, I want to know, did your friend keep the table, or did that go away? It's like it went on eBay somewhere else, and now we're going to get a call from someone else. I bought this table on eBay, and... You know. You know, before I started doing the show with you, I never thought anything of it. I'd buy antiques. No problem. I have a couple of... They're probably 150-year-old chairs at our kitchen table. Yeah. And nothing's happened with them. So I no. think we've been lucky so far. 
You really haven't bought a whole lot since you started doing this show as nope. far as antiques go. It's completely curbed my appetite for antiquing. Do you like looking at antiques too? I like looking. I just don't like the idea of bringing them home. So we can't ever get antiques anymore? I'm not saying that. I just would be very picky about it. Like ones with like Ouija markings and stuff on? That's or not happening. Pentagrams underneath the uh, the kitchen tables? or. Aren't you glad before I learned about the Ouija board that we didn't bring one home? I was going to make <laughs> like a Halloween wreath with it in the background. I thought it'd be so cute. We had the Ouija Dare program uh, that you graduated from and then you realized, oh, not the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I, I did kind of look at you strangely when you, you said you were going to do that. And I said, yeah, it's probably not the best of ideas. I just thought they were creepy looking. I didn't yeah. think that, I didn't know all that I know now. Like, They're, let me share a couple stories yeah. with you, honey. <laughs> well, you felt about them before I felt that way, the way I feel about old mirrors. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the mirror thing, I never really... I don't know, I never really found anything weird about it. Now I, I avoid looking at them at 3 a.m. when I get up to use the bathroom at night because I'm afraid I'm going to look up and see some eyes staring back at me. Yeah. I do. I, I just I look at the ground. If I have to get some more water in the sink, I don't look at the mirror. I just look at the cup and the sink. And I, I, I really don't think I'm going to see something, but I'd rather not take the chance. Sure. That's just kind of how I am on that. 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, with your real ghost stories. Caleb writes in, as a kid, I remember constantly having a feeling like I wasn't alone, even if I was by myself in my room. There are two things that happened to me within a week of each other that stand out. I woke up in my room suddenly one night in a cold sweat and had an overwhelming feeling of doom throughout my entire body. I used to sleep with the covers over my head every night, so I just stayed that way. I moved my hand to the right and could feel long, bony fingers resting on the right side of my bed. I laid there completely frozen until my parents woke up in the morning. When I talked to my mother about it, she assured me that it was just me dreaming. Not long after that, I woke up in the middle of the night to use the restroom, and when I came out, I heard footsteps running down the hall to my left could see a humanoid shadow being cast against the right of the hallway as a figure ran down the hallway, which was consistent with the light from the kitchen, but there was no physical being there to cast a shadow, so I immediately ran to my room and tried my best to fall asleep. My parents assured me that it was just my imagination. It wasn't until much later, after my family moved out, that my mother told me she never felt comfortable in that house either. Every once in a while... I get that same feeling of not being alone. I personally think that I've been followed my entire life by whatever I had those experiences with as a child. I ignore the stuff I can't explain in case acknowledgement is something it's been waiting for. Do you have any advice for me? Thanks for listening. Caleb. Well, I don't know if you just acknowledged it on the show, so that may not... Uh, um... I, I don't know. I, it may be something, Caleb, where you're just more sensitive to these sorts of things, and it may not necessarily be something following you. Typically, when things are following you, they're a little more malevolent. Very what, good. Wouldn't you say? I mean, in a lot of cases, there's a little more going on than like, oh, I'm seeing something shadowish out of the corner of my eye. That's weird. That is weird. That's indeed very weird. But a lot of times, if it's trying to get to you it does more than that. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but a lot of the cases we have, they seem to be doing a little bit more than that to get your attention. If that's what it's trying to do. It may just be that you're really sensitive and these things are out there and you're able to see and hear them when other folks are not. I think it's quite possible that you're not dealing with the same spirit in several places. I think, like Tony said, that if it were following you, it would be doing more and because um, they're not very patient, they kind of start slowly and then they yeah. they you'd have like, grow. like a scars on your cat and you'd find it at the doorstep. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not finding um, scars on your cat or anything like that, you're probably just experiencing whatever spirit is in the area of where you are at that time. Um, and I don't know that that's any comfort to you at all, but it doesn't sound like it's something very dark at all. But then again, who knows sometimes? Yeah. I mean, it could be. I, I don't know. I mean, it just it doesn't seem like it's going dark. 
855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. 855-853-4802. This letter comes in from Mason. Mason writes in, my name is Mason. I live in Texas and must say, I love your show. I want to comment about your Titanic experience. I have the same obsession since I was in kindergarten. I have almost an emotional attachment to the ship. I remember checking out stacks of books about the ship before I was able to read. I made my mom read them to me. I was I worked in a lab since I was 18, so naturally I, I have the evidence uh, to even think about making my mind up about anything. But I strongly believe in past lives. I also believe I was a Roman legionnaire in another life. I've had to have the same attachments with the same time period as I do with the Titanic. So, so much so that I'm thinking about uh, getting the SPQR tattooed on my arm. I don't know what that... SPQR? SPQR. We were Titanic drugs. I don't know what it is. I wonder if it's like a spell check or something that changed it. Please fill us in. When I hear the phrase in Latin, it seems uh, almost like I know what it means, but I can't just quite put my finger on it. Maybe this is not referring to the Titanic. Maybe this is referring to uh, his other thing. My mom also has this feeling about the Victorian area. Uh, I find the whole idea of past lives very fascinating. I like to believe that maybe the soul is on a journey, and the only way to get back to God is by living multiple lives and getting enough knowledge about those lives to get back to Him. Hope you like the post. Love the show. Keep it the good work. Sorry if there are any words that are out of context. English is not my strong point. I majored in math. A plus for you, majoring in math. Um, You know, I... I don't know what it is. I don't know why, as children, we are drawn to certain things to the level of we are self-proclaimed obsessed about certain things, like Tony and I with Titanic and you with Titanic. Um, You know, I don't know that mine was a past life thing, but I really feel a, a connection to it, too. And I know that's totally dorky. I'll say that flat out. Um, But, you know, anything's possible. I, I don't know enough about... Um, the experiences people have to think about the possibility of past lives. So that's just a whole different area that, that I don't know much about you. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't know a whole lot about the past life uh, experience. I, I, I don't discount it and say that it's not possible. I think it could be very possible. And there's a lot of evidence out there pointing to it uh, that some folks have had past lives. Um it's really interesting when you you know can be drawn to things. That's one thing, but it's a whole other thing. Like when you actually have knowledge of those times without you know getting it any other way. Right. Um, SPQR uh, it translated stands for the Senate and People of Rome. Uh, it's uh, on a lot of their coins and a lot of uh, it was a, a big symbol of their government at the time. So okay. it was a reference back not to Titanic but to uh, the Roman Empire, his Roman Empire, and, and those roots. <laughs> That's interesting. So, very interesting. Thank you for the call and for sharing your story. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Let's go to a phone call. Hi. Hi, my name is Linda. I really enjoy your show. I discovered it a couple of weeks ago, and I've been listening to every episode and I hope to catch up on the most current one really soon. I want to share a couple of stories with you today. Um, one was when I was little. I was about 10 years old. And um, it was a really stormy, um, dark night, probably about 9 o'clock at night. And all our power went out in our house. I have um, several animals as pets. I had cats and dogs and fish and a rabbit. <laughs> I've always had a connection with animals since I can remember. Anyway, this night, when all the power went out in our house, uh, most of us were in the kitchen. My mom's friend was over visiting, and I have a lot of candles in my bedroom. So we all headed to my bedroom and lit candles, and we were in a single file because from my bedroom, you went straight um, down the hallway and it went into the kitchen 
So once we lit the candles, we all wanted to head back in the kitchen. So we went single file. It was really dark. We had each one candle lit and um, walking in single file. And I had this long flannel nightgown on. And all of a sudden, I felt something brush right between my two legs, right by my between my ankles. And I looked down, and it was dark, but my flannel, I mean, my uh, flannel nightgown was white, and I could see my nightgown lift up as whatever it was came out from underneath my nightgown, and I could feel it. Uh, it felt furry. It felt like an animal. And at first, I thought it was my dog. So I felt it go out through my pajamas, underneath my pajamas, and out, but I couldn't see anything, And but I, it was really dark, so that really didn't worry me. So at first I was thinking, oh, my dog, you know, is scared too and just following me, but then I heard my dog barking outside. Now, I know my cats weren't there because both of them were at the vets at the time. They had gotten to an ant pile, and they got... Um, stung really bad and actually the vet wanted them to spend the night so I knew it wasn't my cats I knew it wasn't the dog and um, to this day I have no idea what it was that went between my legs like that but I've had weird strange things like that happen to me um, throughout my life not constantly but just you know, now and then things that I just can't explain so anyway, um, my second story is I was all grown up and married and had two girls, and we had a dog named Trudy, and we were getting stationed in Alaska. My husband was military, and um, Trudy was 15 years old, and the vet said that she would not survive the airplane trip to Alaska, and she wouldn't survive the cold once we got there because we were living in, in a desert at the time. So we decided to have her um, put to sleep and my husband and I were with her and we held her and and watched her drift off to sleep and it was a really hard thing. We were really close to that little dog, especially me. She's my best friend. So anyway, we get to Alaska and um, we purchased a house and so we move in. And just a few days after we moved in, I was heading downstairs, down our stairs, and to the left, I saw Trudy's tail. Just like a sheep was turning the corner. And out of my, you know, peripheral vision, I saw just her tail. And at first, I thought, oh, I just miss her so much. I'm imagining her. But then this continued to happen. I'd see just the rear end of her body, just as if, you know, I just missed her turning the corner or heading outside. And that happened for about a month. Then one evening, I was downstairs by myself. My husband was working late. I had just put my girls to bed. And I could hear the tinkling of Trudy's um, tag against the still water bowl. Now, we don't have any animals at this place yet. We did later. But it sounded exactly like her tag hitting against her still bowl when she was drinking water, just like I had heard it in the past when she was alive. So when I heard that, um, I was never scared because I always felt comforted by that. I loved her so much, and I just felt like she was here visiting and, um, you know, trying to keep a connection with me, and I treasured it. And sometimes I would lay in the dark in the evening in my living room with all the lights off, just hoping I'd hear that tinkling sound. And it happened on and off. It happened for about, I think, six months. Then one night, I went to bed, and I had just gotten into bed. I know I wasn't asleep. I got into bed, I turned over on my side, put my arm around my husband who had um, gone to bed before me, he was already fast asleep, and I felt 
the bed. I, it felt just like Trudy jumping on the bed. She used to sleep on my bed all the time. She used to sleep right by me. But this time, it didn't come for me. It scared me to death. I could smell her. I could feel her. And that jump on the bed oh, just put me over the edge. And it was about midnight, so um, I was so scared. I called my mom, and I told my mom what happened. And she said, of course, she doesn't mean to scare you. She was just going to sleep with you like she had done many times for many years. Um, let her know that it scared you and that you're not comforted by by that. So I got off the phone with my mom, and I did. I told Judy how much I loved her and how much I miss her. But when she jumped on my bed, it really scared me. And I never felt her or saw her or heard her after that. Part of me regrets telling her not to come back to visit. But also, I'm happy because I know that she's instead of hanging around me. And um, my mom has passed away since, and I believe that she is with my mom. And on a, one of your episodes, I know you mentioned if dogs come back or pets come back out of love or you weren't sure what it was, what the reason was. But I love... <laughs> I love my dog just like I love my children. I know it sounds silly, but I really do, and I really did. And I really do believe that they'll come back because you, you love them so much. But I also believe that pets can love people just as much. She wanted to sleep with me and be by me, and we took walks together. And I know in my heart that she loved me every bit as much as I loved her. And she was just coming, you know, to visit me. So anyway, that's my story. And again, thank you for allowing people to tell their stories online. I always felt really weird and I've never dealt, I've never told anybody the story except my husband because I just feel so uncomfortable about it. And honestly, I don't really think he believes me. So it's good to have an avenue where you can tell your story and feel like I'm um, going to be validated and others have had the same experience and will understand. All right. Thanks for everything. Goodbye. Thanks for calling in and sharing your story with us. How would you handle that if you had a former pet that was showing up? I think I'd be exactly like, like Linda. I think I would, in one hand, I think I would want for my own self to try and do whatever I could to keep that going, you know, um, and probably, you know, I understand her feeling a little regret telling it to not come. But on the other hand, I think by telling it that it can't come visit, you know, probably encouraged it to to go on and to not be a ghost anymore. And I know that that what we've heard or what we've learned or however you want to consider it is that it's the love like Cisco said it's it's that you know love connection for lack of a better term that is why things come back um and so I agree I think you know we love animals I think they care I I believe personally and this is just me that animals are capable of feeling affection too so I don't understand why they couldn't come back um, wanting to be with somebody they cared about. Yeah, I think that makes logical sense. I think I'd be a little freaked out not knowing what it is initially. I think I'd be telling whenever it was to go away, too. And probably then, you know, later realize, oh, that was probably my pet. Oh, I shouldn't have said that, you know, you know, selfishly than wanting you know, to come back. But she's probably in the right letting it move on. I'm guessing Trudy was a smaller dog. Could you imagine if Powerball came back? It's a 70-pound dog greyhound jumping on the bed. Ghost no, greyhound. No, that would be very confusing because I think you would almost think it was not a dog. I think you'd be like, oh, my God, there's a demon. It, it's, it weighed as much as Libby does. Sure. I mean, it would be like a person almost, you know. That would be confusing. Unless you could, like, actually see it, you know. Yeah. You wouldn't really know what was going on. 
I don't know. I don't know that I would have been able to be strong enough to tell Powerball to go on. Sure. I mean, if you knew that it was Powerball. Yeah. yeah. Best dog ever, period. Yeah. There's a new Ouija board out, and it actually uses uh, pet symbols. Um, like I'm kidding. No. <laughs> to conjure up people's pets. Uh, I did see uh, some interesting Ouija boards that somebody sent me pictures of today. Uh, a Ouija board rug. Okay. Like a throw rug, like like this rug here, like when you put it in your living room. I wonder how that works. And it's just for looks, you know. I think like come with a giant, you know, planchette, planchette to uh, to play with. But I think that's probably the best of ideas. No. You know, suddenly, uh, you know, have like the little scooter moving around the room onto the letters because you could really use anything for a planchette. It's, I mean, people make their own Ouija boards. It's it's more so the intent, not the that's right object itself. So. Uh, and then somebody else sent me a picture of somebody who had a Ouija board tattooed on their back. Ooh. Um. I hate to say it because that person might be listening, but that's not the best idea I've ever heard. No. No, I can't. Uh, I can't imagine that working out all that well. <laughs> no, I think I'd rather have a former lover's name tattooed on me than a Ouija than board. Than a Ouija board. Yeah, that would be a little creepy. Phone number to call in is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, with your real ghost stories. We would absolutely love to hear them here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's get another call. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny Bruski. This is Beastly Gamer from YouTube. I uh, am a YouTuber, and I've been listening to your uh, podcast now for probably the last three weeks straight. It's actually put uh, my other podcast on hiatus until I uh, listened to your entire catalog. I uh, grew up in Akron, Ohio, and uh, I would say three homes that were very, very, uh, uh, I would say, paranormally affected. Um, I grew up uh, in a small town in Ohio, and uh, my mom and dad uh, were actually plagued by these things as well. But I have a lot of stories. I'm not going to go through all of them today, but uh, hopefully in the future I can get get to more of them. But I'll tell you one in particular. Uh, We were living in a house um, on Noble Street in Akron, Ohio, 339 Noble. And uh, this night in particular, my mom was up late. My father was out. They were going through a divorce. uh, And my mom was actually downstairs cleaning the house, listening to an old-school Madonna album. And uh, she was babysitting uh, my cousins, Sean, Erica, and Daisha, three girls. And uh, they were sharing the room with me and my older brother, Joe, who's a year older than I am. At this time, I was about, I would say, four, and he was almost six. And um, it had to be probably, I would say, around 2 a.m. We heard my mom downstairs listening to her Madonna album. It's funny how you can remember these things almost like they were yesterday because it's so traumatic. Uh, And I was sharing my brother's bed. My cousins were actually in my bed. And they were asleep. And uh, my older brother, he looked at me and he asked me, he said, uh, you want to go downstairs and uh, go downstairs and see mom? And so I agreed and uh, we got up together. We were already afraid because at this point in our lives, we had already seen things, um, some really terrifying things. Uh, and on this night in particular, uh, whatever this was, it, it really made itself known. Uh, this is the layout upstairs. You walk out of our bedroom and straight across the hall is my mom and dad's bedroom. Next to their bedroom is my little brother Dory's room and across from his room is the bathroom. And then continuing down the hall, that's the stairway going downstairs. So this happened immediately. We opened up our bedroom door. We cracked it. We could hear Madonna playing downstairs. We knew mom was down there. And uh, we opened up the door and we looked directly across into her and my father's room and their lights were totally off but there was something sitting right at the foot of the door uh, I get shivers thinking about it now um, it, it had to be uh, maybe three and a half feet four feet away from us because it was a relatively small hallway and uh the only way I can describe it now, I'm 34 years old, it, this thing had taken on the likeness of my mother. It was sitting, what appeared to be Indian style, right there. It could have reached out and touched us. It was so close to us. And uh, the, the entire room was dark. There was no light at all in the background. But this thing was so dark that you could see it easily 
in the darkest room imaginable. I, I always tell my wife, I tell her, you know, this thing was so dark that if it was nighttime in the middle of the woods and there was no light, you could see it walking in between trees. That's how, it's, it's a supernatural type of darkness. So the people out there who've seen these shadow-type figures, I know exactly what you mean. It's something otherworldly, and it's incredibly terrifying uh, when you see them um, actually in front of you. But this thing was sitting right across from us, and it was at the foot of the door, and my older brother and I, we were shoulder to shoulder looking at this thing, and it was looking down like it was doing something, and then it looked up at us, and it, it moved just as fluently as a physical being, and it looked, I mean, the outline was like physical. You could see that it was something there, but the interior of it was a supernatural black, but it looked up at us, and as it looked up at us, my older brother, he started running down the stairs. I still talk crap to him today about this, because he's older than I am. And he took off running, and so I took off directly behind him, and, and neither one of us looked back at this thing. We darted down the stairs, um, and my mom uh, kind of met us at the bottom of the stairs because of us screaming and hollering. And um, we tried to explain to her, you know, in the, the words of a five-year-old and a six-year-old what we had saw. And um, my mom has seen many paranormal things, and she still does to this day. She still lives in Ohio. I live in Georgia. And after my adolescence and my teen years, I was able to, you know, repress these things. I haven't had to deal with them since I've been, you know, in my teen years. But we explained to her um, what was going on, what we had saw upstairs. And it's a it's a very foreboding fear. It's like weight that's on you, knowing that something is there that you can't explain. And uh, my mom, she had actually been downstairs cleaning the house and crying because her and my father were going through a they were in the throes of a bitter divorce at this time. So my dad was out doing whatever he was doing, and my mom was at home. And so this is extra stress on top of her. And so my brother and I, we sat in the living room with her. She asked us to draw a picture of what this thing was. And we couldn't because we kept explaining to her that it was blacker than the pencil, blacker than the pens that we could, that we had in our hands. At any rate, she uh, <laughs> she gave us a Twizzler. Uh, back then, she used to have these long Twizzler ropes in her fridge. So she gave us each one of those kind of to calm us down and uh, get us to relax. And like, you know, kids, we greedily ate them up. And um, she uh, told us it was time for bed maybe about a half an hour after we uh, went downstairs. Uh, unfortunately, she did not want to come upstairs with us. Um, my mom, like I said, she she's half Cherokee Indian, and I'm a quarter, and, and we are very spiritual people, and trust me, there's a lot going on in this world that we don't see, but um, she sent me and my older brother upstairs, uh, and she threatened us with a butt whooping, so of course we didn't want, want, we didn't want that, so my older brother, he's holding my hand, uh, we were at the bottom of the stairs, going back up the stairs, now we're going up extremely slowly, I can play this back in my mind, it still gives me goosebumps, um, we're coming up the stairs, now at the very end of the hall, on the right side is my mom and dad's room, and our bedroom is on the left side, so we actually have to go past this thing to get into our room, and uh, we were, you know, slowly approaching, as we got closer to the rooms, we were looking in each room, you know, methodically, trying to see if we could see anything in the, the deep darkness of the room moving around and we didn't see anything but one thing I didn't take into account was my older brother he could see farther than I could because he was in front of me holding my hand and so uh, when we got halfway down the hallway he actually was able to see in my mother's room and this thing wasn't there and by the time he noticed it wasn't there I was just getting to the point where I could kind of see the crack of the doorway and so my brother Joe being who he was at the time as soon as he saw this thing wasn't there he let go of my hand and ran um, into our room and of course I was overcome with extreme fear at this time because I know if he saw this thing or what and so I started running off after him I'm maybe about three feet behind him at this point and he runs in our room and I see him run into the darkness and as he runs into the darkness I get halfway into the room and our bedroom door slams with the force of an adult and it had the force of an adult it hit me directly on my forehead and it made the back of my head hit the uh, the doorway and I fell down crying I was still overcome with fear and um, I jumped up and I ran to the bed but I was crying and so my mom it seemed like it took two or three seconds she was uh, in the room with us at that point she ran up the stairs because she heard something hard hit the you know the doorway and it was my head and so she came in the room and uh, I was crying I had a knot on the left corner of my forehead
And uh, she asked what happened, and I was crying, and my older brother was petrified, of course. At this time, my cousin started waking up there, wondering what was going on, and we told her what had happened, and she went in her room and got the Bible and came out and started reading, reading some passages. And uh, we were able to sleep that night through, and that, that always stuck with me all these years. Uh, some of these things that exist in this world are malevolent, um, for sure. Uh, the fact that as a child I saw so many things, and being an innocent being a child, and you see things looking at you, or you hear voices talking to you, you see a hand or a head come up on the side of your bed, all these things have happened to me. Um, it just lets me know that there are malevolent entities that exist in this world, a parallel world that we can't see. I wanted to share that with you guys. I also wanted to thank you for doing this show. Um, as someone who has a, a YouTube channel, I know what it's like, you know, uh, attracting an audience, and I think you guys have the magic. Jenny, I, I really appreciate you being the, the voice of reason uh, on this show. Uh, I, I really enjoy, you know, the back and forth with you two. And I wanted to tell you, Tony, don't be dismissive of people who don't uh, agree with the ghost thing and maybe do agree with the Bigfoot thing because all this stuff is unexplained. Um, there's a whole other audience of people out there who've seen things like Bigfoots and things like UFOs and to discount their, you know, experience because it sounds fairy tale like they could just as easily discount a ghost story and say it's fairy tale like there are a lot of things in this world that we uh, haven't experienced and for those who have experienced them some people just can't tell them it doesn't exist you guys keep up the good work I'll call back later on with uh, another one of the stories of Noble or Marie Terrace one of these houses I lived in in Ohio this is the Beastly Gamer from YouTube and I'll talk to you guys next time thank you and do call in with your other stories I cannot imagine the terror to see that as a child and then have it hurt you using the door like that. Yeah. Um, that's just awful. It's very disturbing when you have these dark things that are attacking kids. Yeah. It's like they, they go after what is going to upset the parents most and what's going to be the most innocent of people who are not going to understand what is going on. Right. You know, that's that's a disturbing. You believe in Bigfoots? I do. I, I don't want to say I'm, I'm dismissive of it. I just don't know that it's a... What, what I what I want to say is I don't think it's a ghost thing. Right. And I think we focus on paranormal as far as ghosts. Yeah. There's a whole nother... I mean, I'm all about the Loch Ness Monster, too. Sure. And and I, yeah, I mean, I'm interested in this, but that's... So I don't want them to think I'm, I don't believe they exist. It's just not a... In my definition of a ghost, Bigfoot's not a ghost. It could be something. I don't know what the hell it is. And I, I fully believe people are seeing something out there. I think Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster are like, I, I think quite possibly, like two species that we don't realize exist or something yeah. along those lines. And there's uh, just... I'm sorry, go ahead. And there's just a few of them left? Something like that. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's definitely in the realm of the unexplained, but... Yeah. We got plenty of, of stuff with just dealing with ghosts. Yeah, I like to try and just keep it on the ghost angle here on the show. I mean, every once in a while, like, a goat man was kind of bordering on that. But the reason we talked about goat man that one time was because it was like, it, it could, like, appear to people, like, dissolve and appear. And that's where I was like, okay, I've never heard of a Bigfoot just, appar you know, being an apparition, essentially, and then coming, a, a, you know there in a way. Well, and doesn't Goatman kind of have a demonic thing towards yeah, it too? that's kind of where I thought that kind of fit the ghost right. angle of things. We so. could do a whole nother show on Bigfoot and UFOs. Maybe that could be a special. There you go. 855-853-4802. Uh, One more quick call before we wrap up the show for today. Hey guys, this is uh, Steve the, the chap from Muscle Shoals, Alabama again. Um, I told you I'd call back. I've got several stories I could share with you guys. Um, this one um, that happened to me and my wife uh, years ago. We um, used to live in, in an apartment and we wanted to buy a house. So we um, went to live with her grandmother uh, while we was, you know, looking for a house. Well, her grandfather had just died and uh, like most elderly couples, they lived at opposite ends of the house. Um, his was a whole addition to the house and had everything that he needed out there. So 
so that's where we moved in and, and began to live. And um, several times when we would get up to go to work, we would find all the left cabinets open. Um, the cabinets at the top, the cabinets at the bottom, um, and they, every one of them was open. So I woke up and discovered it one day and didn't really think much about it, so I closed them up and went on my way. Well, a few days later, my wife said, have you seen the, the cabinets open? Uh, I told her, I said, yeah, the other day, all the left ones were open. And she said, that's so strange because all the left ones were, you know, were open this morning. And uh, she knew I was slightly freaked out about uh, living out there. And he actually died right in the living room floor there, um, you know, at that end of the house where we were staying. And uh, that same incident happened a couple more times. And um, I, I used to like to uh, go outside. I used to smoke cigarettes, so I couldn't smoke in the house, so I would have to go outside. And um, the place where her grandmother lived, there was, you know, a lot of wooded areas around around her house. So as I was sitting sitting outside on my uh, the tailgate of my truck, I would notice these um, these perfectly round. It almost looked like a plasma light, and I, it was bright as lightning. And um, they would just kind of fall and move erratically through the tree lines, uh, like up and down, and almost like a snake would move. And um, my wife had some cousins about the same age as us, and they would come out to visit the grandmother one day, and I told them about these lights, and I said, I said, and they were really interested in it. And uh, I told him, I said, I bet you if we go outside right now, we'd probably see them because it, you could see them at any time, really. Um, you know, it wasn't a rare thing. So we went outside, and, and they actually saw uh, several of them moving through the tree and was, you know, just astonished by it. Then um, one day, I had a couple friends over, and we were sitting outside talking, and um, I was just looking at the right place at the right time, I suppose, but there was a, the biggest one I ever saw um, was, gosh, it was probably big enough for, you know, yes, six or seven year up in and, and, you know, it was, it was a huge ball and it was almost like lightning. It, it popped in to existence and, and moved very erratically um, over the top of the house. And then, uh, you know, like a second or two later, it was it just was gone. They would, you know, pop in and pop out, and um, it was so bright that my friends that were sitting there with me um, asked if it if it just lightened lightning um, struck over the, you know, but there was no thunder or anything to go with it. So, but anyhow, it's a it was a pretty interesting story, and um, you know. Maybe sometime later I'll call back with with some more things that's happened to us. But y'all y'all have a blessed one, and I really enjoy the show. Bye. Thanks for calling in and sharing your story. We really do appreciate that. What do you think it was? Orbs? Maybe I've never heard of them being that bright before. Yeah, that's interesting. Were they outside when they were seeing this? I believe that they were outside seeing those outside. So yes. Okay. I was gonna say I've heard of. Um, Situations where the the house has something, uh, you know, plaguing it, and the people are inside, and they're reporting uh, strange weather phenomenon outside. Where they're like, "Hey, you know, it's." Uh, I've heard everything from you know just a thunderstorm going on, rain, lightning, all that, and there was no storm. Yeah. Um, to actually rocks falling on homes, huh. like raining rocks on these homes. Um, so that, that was my question, you know, if they were inside or outside. And then, I think they were outside. Okay. So I don't know. No, I don't know either. It was a very good story, though, so thank you for calling in and sharing. If you want to hear his uh, his other story, he called in the other day, and we played him back on an EPP episode. 
Um, and we mentioned him on the episode the other day where he encountered some sort of dark thing that uh, attacked him in his house uh, so fiercely, some of his furniture got busted. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. I can just listen to him all day long. I just love the accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate to point that out, but I just have to say that. Sure. So uh, check that out in the uh, the EPP episode. And if you're not in the EPP yet, please become one. Uh, we ask. It's only five bucks a month, or you can do ten, or you can do fifteen. Whatever you feel the show is worth to you. It's a donation that goes to the show to help us fund it and keep it on the air. Um, and uh, as a uh, thank you, we give you an extra episode every single week. And uh, the folks that get that, we call our EPPs, our extra podcast people, if you will. So uh, please do join the button uh, to become an EPPs on the website at Real Ghost Stories online.com and uh, please subscribe to the show too that helps us out a bit iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube wherever it may be and uh, you will not miss any future episodes of the show so for Jenny Bruski I'm Tony Bruski thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online <laughs>